everybody. Welcome back into another fantastic edition of the official 615 podcast brought to you by good friends at Wilson County Hyundai and WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Greg Pope, last week on the road. This week, we're back home. Yeah, I want to thank Kitchen Notes, obviously, Music City Todd every week. Great staff here having us here. And we're back on the corner uh, where we can, you know, wave at everybody walking <laughs> by here at Fourth and uh, Korean Veterans. And they so. ignore us, which is fine. Well, now they, they look in there like it's sort of a zoo. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, look at the animals inside. Uh, you want to do it or me? I mean, I can. Go ahead. Well, today's guest, Joe Fisher. I've known Joe 30 years. Mm-hmm. Longtime voice of the Vanderbilt Commodores. Of course, we saw him on TV at Channel 2, Channel 4, uh, Tennessee Tech, the director in, in their news office of news and and things and things. News and things. News and things. And yeah. news and things that and, was the title of my business well, card. that's a pretty good deal right there anyway. <laughs> but and just an Antioch grad, just Nashville through and through, and one of the goodest people I know. That's a Nashville. That's what we say. That's all one, the goodest of you to say one that. One of the man. goodest people we know, Joe Fisher. Hey, Joe. Good to be with you guys. Thanks yeah. for the invitation. And dressed up. I didn't oh. get that memo. Well, I knew I was coming to see you guys, but you know, every day is a every day is an audition. So there you go. Yes, it is. There. <laughs> uh, how are you, man? I'm good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Doing well. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm in the job market again. Uh, I was at Tech for a while, and then the. Um, you know, that commute daily from Nashville to Cookville and the combination of the, the time and the road and $4 a gallon gas, uh, yeah. you know, it just kind of became one of those, yeah, I think we got we to gotta consider something else. But we talked when you took that job, what wonderful people up there, oh, Karen man. Likens, yep. uh, the president, Mark Wilson, the AD, yep. Tennessee Tech, and I know this is about that, they're a very underrated of what how they are academically and quite frankly athletically and where they fit right there yeah it was exciting for me to learn a lot about them i knew some of the things but as you said president oldham you know starting with him what a great great guy he is and the vision he has and the things they're doing and and then of course karen likens the chief communications officer who was my boss uh is just terrific but to get to know you know, Dean Slater, who's the head of the engineering school and, and so many other people, they just lost, unfortunately, yesterday, I think long the previous president, Angela Volpe, who passed away. That's and right. so they're they're in reaction there. But but what they are they are I think a university that's on the move, that's growing. Mm-hmm. They've got a new engineering building that they've already started. They've got another one that they will start when that one is done. Uh, they are moving along in, in great places. So I, it, it was wonderful people and wonderful things to do, but, you know, just kind of a bit of a distance to, to cover. The, the last couple of years, uh, we're not going to get into all of it, but with you yourself, you talk about being in a good place. Uh, if you go back and tell to, uh, Joe Fisher three or four years ago that you are now, what would you tell him? Wow. Uh, probably more at peace. Uh, probably more comfortable with what I am. Uh, certainly more comfortable with the fact that I'm not trying to lead two lives. You know, uh, I think that's, you know, a lot of the, I spent a lot of energy and a lot of time, you know, trying to make sure people didn't know I had a problem. And, uh, and it, it, that was one of the biggest problems I had was because I I didn't want people to know I had a problem. Right. You know, and and so, and one of the things that I've learned and, and not just, in dealing with addiction, but in dealing, I think, with everyday life is ask for help. You know, if you've got a problem, ask for help. Um, that sounds like something that a lot of us who are raised the way we were raised, you don't ask for help. You know, you find a way. You fight through it. That's what you do. That's not the way to do it. And uh, that, that's been a big part for me. Don't want to belabor the point, but 
you succeeded in 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 the two life thing that you call for a long just time because it surprised a lot of people. You, I've known you and mm-hmm. you in professional. Everything you did was was top notch. Yep, I I messed up one big time. Yeah, <laughs> and that's and that's all it took, you know. And, and that's but but uh, so much energy and I going into making sure you kept it separate and 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 was able to do it. You know, I I didn't let it impact job or all those kind of things. I was able to keep those things, those things separate, except for that one time. And that, that one time was all it took. But the outpouring. Oh gosh. It's still ongoing, isn't it? Yeah. Excuse me, Joe. No, no, Joe, you know, I I tell you, and I, I told the story because when, when I was forced to resign, I mean, I was given two wonderful options, either resign or be fired. Right. So, so I, I, you know, I, I chose to resign and, uh, but and at that point, they weren't going to say anything. They were just going to, it was going to be, hey, he's left and we wish him well, and which is all they could do, you know, legally and all those kind of things. But that was at the point where I said, no, I can't leave it like this because then here comes speculation. Here comes all mm-hmm. these things. Let's just put this on the table. And so I did. <laughs> and I, you know, went publicly and said, here's the deal. This is what I'm doing. This is what happened. Um, Very few would do that of their own volition. I don't know. They don't have to. I, I don't know. I, 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 I think we do know. Well, I was yeah. real. I was really, really blessed to have a wonderful wife who was extremely supportive and um, and backed me on all of that. You know, I ran everything through her. You know, and um, but when I did it, Joe, you were talking about the support. The immediate reaction was unbelievable. I mean, I, I heard from people, it, it was, you know, I heard from people I've known for a long time. I heard from people I don't know. Uh, the the amazing thing to me was how many people I heard from who I hold in confidence as I sit here right now, who said, I've been where you are. Mm. I have that, I, I've, I've dealt with that. And and there are people in this city and there are people that I, that we're all very Probably in this familiar. room, they're very, frankly, Well, I mean, they're, I mean, very, all, be honest, they're yeah. very all familiar with mm-hmm. that said, I, I know exactly what you're dealing with and I, and I'm with you. And, uh, that was, you know, getting ready to go into treatment at that time. That was the most supportive, wonderful thing that I could have ever asked for. How you don't have to answer this. How dark did it get afterwards when you had to resign? How dark did it get for you? Or was it a relief? Well, there was a lot of, there were, there were all of those were involved. Um, the dark part, uh, guys was when you realize you've screwed up, uh, that you had, you had something going that was really, really good. And if you just did this for another 10 years, you could retire and move off into the sunset and everything. would be great. When you realize that's not going to happen, um, you have to deal with that. Um, so that, that was, that was a bit of an emotional challenge. The relief part of it, as you said, you know, the no longer having to try to hide it uh, was certainly a big plus, as it turned out. Um, that surprised me. I didn't know how that would go. Uh, and that turned out to be a real, a real positive. And then the support you get from so many people. I mean, not everybody. You, you, get, the, you get those people who say, well, you got what you deserved. Um, and I don't blame them. I would have done the same thing. You know, and it, that's fine. Every, I'm, that's everybody's entitled to that. that. That's okay. But the vast majority, overwhelmingly, has been really, really positive. Do you know why? 
it, it's three, four decades of equity. Maybe. That you yeah. built in this market, not, not only at Vanderbilt, but everything else. And you being a part of the of part of the community right, because yeah. you're from here, an Antioch boy. Okay, That's let's right, get yeah. it right now. Antioch Bears, right? The That's old right. one, the 1977 old one graduate on, on Blue Hole Roll over there. Yeah, president of the class. They, well, salute. But, uh, <laughs> but that's the equity that you you built up by doing it the right way for so long with well, so many. And that's a people. This is a people thing. Yeah. This isn't of how well you did your job. It's how you did it, and people reacted to it. I guess, and, and I'm I'm sure there's some truth to that. What I would hope, Greg, and I think one of the things that I hope carries on from this is that there's more of a positive reaction across the board when people go through this, you know, when you find out somebody's got this problem, somebody's dealing with this, you know, I, you'd like to see more positive reactions from friends and employers and everybody in general, especially if somebody steps up and says, I've got this issue, I need to deal with it. I know I made a mistake. I've got to deal with it. Okay, then let's Let's try to support and help them because it's, it, it, let me tell you what, it's a problem that has only gotten worse. You talk about the COVID issue. Yeah. It's only gotten worse. So you have a chapter written into your life story that you did not want to write, but now you get to write the next chapter and chapters and going forward with you. Are, are you not say excited for this new part of it, but are you welcoming this new part to say, all right, here's what happened. Here's where I am now. And here's how good I am. Yeah. And doing podcasts like this. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, I mean, I mean it, it can't go any farther than this. I mean, I'm, I'm done you, after you, this. You're, you're leaving town. I'm going to grab this <laughs> mic and drop it when we're done. Um, but you get to write now. You well, know who you are. I, I, you know, I appreciate that. I, I think what, I think the best way to describe that, Joe, is I've accepted that God has a plan for me, and I don't know what it is, but my goal is to try to follow it and find it, yeah. and I don't know where that's going to take me. Uh, would I have preferred to write this chapter? No. Um, you know, I've heard people, I have good friends, some of them that are friends of yours, who are in the program who say, I'm grateful to be an alcoholic. I don't get that. I don't understand it. Because um, I, if I had the choice, yeah, right. I, don't, I don't want this. Um, but it is where we are. Uh, but I think a, a, big, a big part of this, and so much of my life and probably your lives and the, in the jobs that we have, and I've told people about it, a lot of the jobs that we've had are ego-driven. I mean, you're selling yourself, mm -hmm. you're doing all those things. They just lead you kind of down that road. Well, people see you, people hear you in mass yep. like that, and they automatically assume you're like this because you're in that position. Like yep. everybody assumes Joe is a big, and he yeah. is <laughs> because, because they've seen him and hear him. But, but you have to be yeah, perfect. But yeah, you had to be perfect to go TV, radio. You had to be perfect at all times. Uh, and at Vanderbilt, especially, yeah. you know, the high standard. Yeah. That's yeah. tough, man. Yeah, it is tough. But I mean, but I, I think the biggest part for me has been the ability to step back and go, you know what? I don't know what's coming and that's okay. Uh, because for 40 years, I needed to know exactly what was coming because I was going to create it. Yeah. You know, I was going to make that happen, whatever that was. And I was going to make the decision if it wasn't going to happen, I was going to know why. I mean, I was going to be the one that said why. Um this is different. And, you know, I've, I've kind of, I think I've realized now, I think another thing that's happened this time is I realized the, the chances of me getting back 
into what I was doing are very small. Um, there's not that many opportunities. The, the people that are in it are really good. There's no real place to go. I'm over 60. Uh, all those things kind of factor in. So now you've got to be able to accept, okay, what's the next thing? You know, I mean, literally, uh, before the job at Tennessee Tech came, and I think I told you, Greg, I'm not sure, but before, the, I mean, literally the week when Karen Likens reached out to me on Twitter from Tennessee Tech, I had interviewed at Publix. I mean, I was interviewing with them to stock produce at Publix. And that may be all that's out there right now. And if that is, that's okay. Um, and, and I think that's the biggest part of this is just accepting if that's what it is, I'm going to be okay with that. Is that's, Did that take a long come to this point, or is this like one day you woke up and said, this is where I need to be? It took be. a little while. Okay. You know, it took a little while. You know, there, there's so many factors. And, and the other thing that, you know, if I was making a decision based on only me, it's different. Yeah. You know, I'll, I can take a job in Missoula, Montana, you know, doing something calling, you know, games for you whoever. You and Jeff Fisher. Yeah, whatever. Exactly, exactly. Montana My Grizzlies. cousin Jeff, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but, yeah. but that's not the case. And and that's fine. That's the, that's the way I prefer it anyway. I, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of, you know, a family and all that. So um, I'm not saying that there's not a job out there that I might take someplace else, but you know, I can't make that the decision is not based just on me. It's based on other people. Too. The resume, though, with you, I mean, TV, radio and everything. You got your start. Uh, did you start out at Channel 2? Well, see, I, this is I'm, this is my question. I'm going to ask both of sure. you because you're both Channel 2 and Channel 4 <laughs> right. rejects, right? Well, let's see. How far back do you want to go? Well, when you started at Channel 2. What well, was? actually, Channel 2 was not the start. Uh, Channel 4 was the start. Ooh. And actually, I started at Channel 4 as a senior in high school in 1976. Wow. I, um, I, I, Rudy was working there at the time, and a friend of mine at church, because they knew what I wanted to do and those kind of things, and a friend of mine reached out and said, you know, you ought to call Rudy and just talk to him. And so I reached out, and Rudy <laughs> he said, hey, come on over. Come on, we'll talk. And so I went over to the Knob Hill. and, and That's uh, how you got there. <laughs> and uh, Basically, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I went over to talk to him. I was 16 years old and scared to death. <laughs> and I just went over and I just said, tell me what I need to do to get into the business. Where do I need to go to college? And those kind of, and we talked. And he, literally, he was going to, I was going to stay 30 minutes. You know, it was after the six o'clock news. Mm -hmm. I stayed through the 10 o'clock news. Wow. I just stayed around. <laughs> And then the next week, Rudy called me and he said, uh, he said, hey, look, he said, I know you're trying to get in. He said, we can have you come in and answer phones on Saturday. Now, you got to remember, this is before ESPN. Mm -hmm. This is before social media. This is for, so the only way people got scores of games was to call TV stations. And newspapers. And newspapers. Yep. That, that was, we had a that, big Friday night staff that was just doing that. That yeah. was it. So he said, if you'll, if you'll come, we'd be glad to have you, and they'll get you in the door, and then who knows? And I said, I'll do it. I said, how much does it pay? He said, $1.60 an hour. <laughs> and I Sign said, me up. I'm in. And that's, that's what started it. And so you graduated from middle? I went to middle. I didn't graduate okay. because I was working at WSM Radio, and I was working at Channel 4, and I was working at WMOT. Wow. And I was trying to pay my way through, and then there comes a point where it's like, okay, I can either work or I can go to school. 
but I couldn't do both. Yeah. And so I ended up, you know, I, I did that at Western officially, but, but I had, uh, two of my teachers I hired on my staff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, that's all. No, this isn't about me. Go ahead, Joe. <laughs> uh, you listen to the official 615 podcast brought to you by our good friends at Wilson County Hyundai. Please check them out online at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Payne Bone and his staff, amazing at getting you in the perfect car. Again, check them out at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Joe Fisher, longtime voice, Vanderbilt Commodores, obviously Nashville. I'd like to point out, day. he did that with no notes. Uh, we, he did that with no, there was no script. Well, that's darn impressive. I don't we, care. I know Greg learned. wouldn't tell you that. That's <laughs> darn impressive. And, and, and I'm on. I'm. I'm on some. Uh, I'm some site you can't see. <laughs> you can't look okay. at. Okay. Yeah. Hotgrandmas.com. Hot <laughs> so, but, what, no, but, but what we discovered a long time ago is that, and you know this, is that. You know, self-deprecating when, especially in TV, I mean, nobody's perfect. I mean, nobody is perfect. And you get on TV and I've worked with people where the graphic came up wrong and boy, after when you went off the air, they lost it and went off on the director. Yeah. Things happen, man. Yeah. You just laugh about one it. Of the, one of the most memorable sports casts I ever did. And one of the ones I got the most reaction for, I was at Channel 4 and it was a weekend sports cast. And back then, everything was on tape. It was videotapes. It was not, we were not yeah. to the digital age yet. So everything is, this was beta, professional. Beta. Oh, man. So, so, so what you would do is you'd put your cast together and then you'd stack your tapes and you'd label them. And this is the storyline and this is the order. Mm -hmm. And so we went in and I went in to start the sports cast and I did the first story and I led into the first tape and they ran the wrong tape. Mm. And so you sit there for a second and say, okay, well, I'm sorry. That's, that's the wrong tape. We'll get back to that one in a minute. So let me just move on to this next story. So you move to the next story, ran the wrong tape again. So now, <laughs> so now you're beginning to be tested a little bit. Right. And so we get to the third one. And I said, well, let's try this one more time. I said, I think we're going to have an opportunity <laughs> now. And so we said this. And so they ran the wrong tape. Yes. So I stopped and looked at the camera. I said, let me tell you what, back in the, back in the control room, you roll a tape and I'll talk about it. <laughs> Beautiful. And I sat there and, and you could hear chuckling in the, in, the, you know, yes. in the studio. I said, I'm not kidding. Roll a tape and I'll talk about it. And so they did. And so I, oh, Vanderbilt, okay, boom. And so I jumped in. And so the phones rang off the hook. After, that was so cool how you handled that because I would have like, I would have blown up. And I said, well, there were people that paid a price later on, but it wasn't me. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. yeah. But it was like uh, you, you got you've got two options: either roll with it or explode. Yeah, it it, it it happens, and you know I've, I've had things before where I put the wrong. And a lot of it was my fault, and that's fine. You put the wrong tape in, label the wrong graphic, and things happen. Uh, one time, Alan Frio, instead of reading the tease, read my sportscast to a story, and they come to me, and I'm like, "What Alan said," and it was just <laughs> one of those things which go on. And it, but you got, but again, I don't learn this a lot from Greg. I mean, things happen. Oh yeah, just have fun with it and move on with it. Yeah, I, I think that's after the fact, you're not going to fix. It. Well, and I, and, I, and I think one of the the blessings in this town. Now, I don't know it because I haven't been in TV in quite some time in this town, but I know when I was, um, you were you were thought of as a part of the family. Yeah. You know, the viewers, especially in my time at Channel 4. Uh, now, Channel 2 was great and I enjoyed it very but much. But 4 and 5 oh, had but that. I, yeah, yes. They did. But, but when I was at 4 and it was mm -hmm. Dan Miller and Rudy and Demetria and Demetria, and you go down that list of people, you were family. I mean, there were people that brought food to the station. <laughs> I mean, they would come to the front desk and leave pies and things for you. Oh, now it was it was a big deal. I mean, there were people that I would see 20 years after I left Channel 4 
who would ask me about my son, call him by name wow. and say, he's got to be this old. And they were darn near right on it. It's like, good grief. <laughs> oh, yeah. Vanderbilt, play by play. I'm going to take you to one date. March 5th, 2008, Shane Foster, oh. Mississippi State, 42 points, nine three-pointers, and you got to call. I was at the game. Mm -hmm. You got to call it. Best individual performance from halftime on uh -huh. because he didn't have any points in the first half, as I recall. What? Uh, yeah, it was, it no, was no, nice. no, and they, they were struggling. Um, what was interesting about that game, two things, Greg. One was that game was not televised. So the only way you could follow that game was to listen to us, uh, which I wasn't upset about. <laughs> uh, but apparently Shane tells the story that he went to the locker room at halftime and they're struggling, they're down, and Kevin Stallings looked at him and said, Shane, dude, you got to start scoring. I mean, we're not good. we don't have a chance if you don't, don't start scoring. And here he goes. And now it, it became a one-on-one -on -one battle. Because Mississippi State had a pretty good player too. From right here, yes, out of Glencliff. Yes, indeed, as you well know. And they were they were trading them back and forth and back and forth. But Shane hits nine straight three pointers. Didn't wow. miss any. And I maybe one of them caught iron. Maybe all of them were dead center. And almost all of them were 30 feet. Well, and he kept backing, you know. <laughs> the, the, it was, cra the it was crazy. The the defense came out, the further he backed it out. It was crazy. And, 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 but the interesting thing about that game was Vanderbilt did not take the lead in that game until he hit his ninth one. Wow. With two and a half, three seconds left to go. And it was a contested 30-footer moving from his right to his left with a hand in his face. It was the un most unbelievable and, thing And you I've were going seen. nuts. Oh, it was crazy. It was, and that's when you got to try to keep it together because you're trying to tell the story because State didn't have a timeout. So he hits that shot. They take the lead with three seconds left. Here comes State, you know, so you've got to be, you know, on point right. at the time. But boy, when that game ended, it was like, that's the most incredible thing. And I think I remember saying, if that guy is not player of the year in this conference, Something's wrong. There's a problem. Let's and, let's back it up a year. Jeff Green in Georgetown. Oh, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, he traveled. Those, uh, you he know traveled. What, you know, it was a it was a, it was a was it a Friday afternoon game, right? Friday afternoon game. Yeah. And, and, and I was in Beale Street watching it with my buddy Coach Harrison and Beale Street, former Antioch basketball coach and teacher. And we were watching it. We're the only three people in there because it's been Beale Street that time of the afternoon. We're down there for a concert or something. And we're throwing stuff and he walked. Oh, there's no, I there's mean, no he question walked. he did, in, yeah, my, yeah, in my mean, opinion. It's not even. And that, that's and that's it so, doesn't replay take care of that. And right that's now. so frustrating because you wonder what if. Yeah. You know, if, there's if, not if, a doubt in my mind they go on. I do too. I, I think they did too. They, they were that weekend. Didn't North Carolina and Georgetown play uh, after? In one of the mascots was killed in a car wreck. That's right. Coming yeah. up there, so yeah. that, they were deflated. I forget what it was. Yeah. That had that momentum, and I remember talking to Ted Scooches. I After the game, scooches. and he was just deflated. He said, we were just so close. And you felt you felt bad for him, but you saw it all, and you had to call that and game. And it's one thing where, and I think players will tell you, if you get beat, if somebody beats you, I can handle that. Mm -hmm. If it's taken away from me, that's another thing. Yeah. And I think those guys felt like it was Well, and Byers followed by Foster, oh, right? Derek Byers right there. Yeah. Yep. Football. 
you know, Vanderbilt, I, I hate to say it is what it is. There have been the bright point points. Oh, Obviously, gotcha. James Franklin, those back-to-back seasons, certainly mm-hmm. the best in 100-plus years, that. And, and I'm going to ask you more of a philosophical question. Can Vanderbilt get to a point where it can be regularly competitive in the SEC, meaning bowl contention every year, sort of where Kentucky, Kentucky right now has been on that track? Can Vanderbilt ever get to that point? I think right now what we see with Clark Lee is encouraging yep. because he understands how the sausage is made. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, can I like, it ever happen for I, Vanderbilt football? I like Clark a lot. I, of course, I knew him you know, from playing days. But when I, I was able to go back to the uh, Hall of Fame athletics induction at Vanderbilt, first time I'd been back in quite some time, and Clark made a point to talk to me and said, man, I'd love to have you come over to the office and visit and all that was great. I, I think he's going to do a wonderful job. My, I, I think I have to qualify it by saying I don't think any of us know what's coming because of NIL. Um, you know, and I know that NCAA made a change, I guess, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, there are players that I think are getting millions of dollars signed onto their name before they ever sign on the dotted line to go play someplace. I don't know if Vanderbilt's going to get down that road or not. I don't know how long we're going to go down that road. Um, but I, I think everything's out the window right now until this thing gets figured out. Well, there's a 9-0 U.S. Supreme Court decision. You know, they yeah. never go 9-0 on oxygen, <laughs> but much less uh, that. It's, it's a, that Boy, that's a whole other can of worms, yeah. the NIL, certainly. But the collective way is the way to go. I think right now, and I've, you, you and I go all the way back from to, to Chancellor Wyatt, the succession all the way through. I really think right now with Daniel Deermeyer and what he is saying about it. And then Candace, you've known Candace, of course. I think though with Deermeyer, there is a chancer there at least saying the right thing. Well, it's hard to argue that they've given that they're going to build this and they're going to build that. I mean, they, for the first time have said, you know, they're going to put significant money into these things. These are going to happen. And we're going to add, we're going to add volleyball. Again, Mm -hmm. you know, there were people that have been campaigning for volleyball for a long, long time. And I had people when I was there saying, why are we playing softball? And I was like, well, I'll tell you exactly where we're playing. We aren't playing softball. We don't have a place to play. Mm-hmm. And and you got to build a stadium. Where are you going to put it? Don't have a place to put it. You know, there was there was talk years ago of merging, trying to do something with Metro. I think you remember that, Greg. Well, and were, Belmont has that yeah, same kind of relationship they, with its with, spring sport. Right. At, at Rose at Park. Rose Park. Right. That's right. And they were trying to say, well, we could build something maybe in Centennial Park and Metro could use it and we could use it and all that. And that kind of went away. But I mean, it gets into when you started looking at the finances of it, well, you're mm-hmm. going to have to have scholarships, sure. But you don't have to build a facility. You got one. And and in terms of equipment, need a ball and a net. Yeah. You know what I mean? and, and, and they will take over. The plan is they'll take over where Vanderbilt men's basketball are now in a right. lot of ways. But the thing is, what necessitated that was in 2025 or earlier, Texas, Oklahoma coming in. Yep. And so you have uh, 15 of the 16 members with volleyball. Right. So that's yep. smart. All right. So football things. 2013, Patton Robinette, the jump pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, great call. Uh, you were expecting that? Did you know that might happen? Or I what? knew it was in their arsenal. This is versus uh, Tennessee. Yeah, I, I didn't know if it was going to happen, and I executed it perfectly. Um, and, and that was one of those, you know, I remember him running into the end zone and throwing both arms right. out in the air. You remember that? 
Um, no, I didn't know for sure it was coming, but I had seen it in practice. So that was not a big surprise. Earl Bennett, 2007 at Florida. That Gosh. awful, awful. The worst call, the, the calling something I think is going to happen, mm-hmm. you know, is exactly what it was. It was an, it was an official who thought he was going to see a celebration and got ahead of it. And, uh, and it was awful because, you know, Bobby was going to go for two. Yeah. And uh, and that changed everything. And that's your high, the Tebow on the Heisman too. So yep. That would been something. Oh uh, five Cutler leading the victory up in Van, up at Tennessee, where you guys had not won in twenty something years. Well, it was the fourth fourth quarter comeback that year that Jay had led. Uh, we won, and they were Wake Forest, I think, Arkansas road games. Uh, as you said, hadn't won there in like twenty three years. And I, I remember the pass that he threw. They were on the two two and a half something like that. And Earl runs that quick slant, and Jay threw it, and Earl had to catch it because it was going to stick in his chest. <laughs> if he didn't. It was it was a howitzer. It was like bang, and and that was when he, when Earl caught that ball. I said, if he can catch that, he can catch anything. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. Something that wasn't so great: the, the Zach Stacy fumble versus Arkansas in two thousand. James Franklin's first year. Yeah, hit a little momentum going there, and he doesn't fumble. They win the game, and uh, and Franklin still had a great tenure there. But when he came in, and just the different kind of mojo of that squad and everything was those three years were something else. They sure were. And that was one of the rare times Zach had an issue, you know, for the most part, you wanted to hand that guy the ball and let him go. And he turned into what he turned into. Um, I mean, those, that was, but I think we all saw what was coming, mm-hmm. you know? And so everybody was, Oh yeah, that's bad. But you know, how many times have we seen, you know, there was a, there was a fumble going into the goal, you know, over the goal line to win a game a number of years ago. And you, you kind of file those away. There was the LSU game, yeah. you know, and that when, when Woody was coaching, I go back to that <laughs> one, you know, when it was like, you know, they're, they're, they score and they're thinking about going for two and they get a penalty and they're thinking of going to, they get another penalty. It's like, they just, it's like, shoot yourself, shoot yourself, <laughs> shoot yourself. So they, they've come a long way since then. Vanderbilt baseball. What year did you start at, at Vanderbilt? You know, we called it, it kind of gradually started, Greg, because mm-hmm. we weren't doing any games at all. Right. What and, year and did you start at Vandy though? I started in, at Vanderbilt yes. in 98. Okay. In 98. Oh, I just want to say, because I was the beat writer for three years, yeah. never covered a baseball yeah, game. Yeah, I know. Never, yeah, no, no, I, neither did I. I never covered a baseball game. Well, then game. Tim, Tim came yeah. on, and we started to see my, what might be coming. And so we literally, I think the first year that we started to do games, I think we did 11 games. We kind of picked out, because you had to find a place that would carry them. Well, obviously 560. Yeah, for, all that kind forever. of stuff. Yeah. So you had to find that. And so it, I think we started with 11, and then we started thinking, well, maybe we could sh- can carry the conference season, you know, and not carry the midweek games, but carry the – and then it evolved. It continued yeah. evolved to what it is now. Did you ever think you'd call a college World Series championship No, no. Game? I mean, that was – that was. That. I remember, and, and, you know, people talk about what are your great memories, and, of course, you know, two college national championships, four trips to the College World Series, but I will never forget the feeling in 2011 um, sitting in the press box on the night before the World Series began. And all the teams come, and they basically do like an Olympic thing where they all come in. They all entered from center field, and all the guys had their you know phones and their cameras and everything. And I remember sitting there thinking, I cannot believe that we are here. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the, in the 2014, they win the, I remember pulling off the side of a road, listening to you, that Texas game in 2014. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was coming from Murfreesboro and I couldn't get the signal really well down there. And I pulled off the side of the road and I listened cause I, it was an amazing game that Vanderbilt won. Yeah. There, there, there's so many, you can go back through Cal state Fullerton, 
was one of those on the way to a championship where they were behind and, you know, the game was stopped and they had to come back the next day and you get a big home run from Jaron Kendall and everything changes. Um, that Texas game was a big one, a huge defensive play. You know, you had a guy playing third base who kind of got stuck in there at the last minute because of injury and turned out to be one of the, yeah. one of the big stories in the whole thing. Uh, and, you know, and then 2015, a team that I think was better than 2014, I think a lot of Vanderbilt people would tell you that, but mm -hmm. they didn't get that one win. And then you go 2019, which I think is, and this is, and I'm selfish and probably stubborn in this. I think that's the best college baseball team ever put together. Yeah. Hey, mm. I think I remember there was a regional, maybe 06, 07, 08 at Virginia. Was there, a, 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 there was something, was that the first one? No, no that I, was 04. Okay. Yeah, okay. We're, 04. Okay. This mm -hmm. is 04. And on our station, uh, and I'm out on a Friday night grilling steaks, listening to Vanderbilt baseball on the radio. And my wife comes and says, what are you doing? <laughs> the Brewers are on TV. And I said, I'm just going to sit out here and listen to Vanderbilt baseball on the radio <laughs> yep. and, and just – because of you, obviously, but just you, you, you saw the seeds being, being, you know, set right then. And I remember going to Virginia and winning. Virginia was the host. Yeah. Uh, in a stadium they had just built. Jeremy Sowers was our ace, you know, yeah. pitcher at the time. And I remember the way it worked out. Uh, our regional ended. We won it. So we were coming back to go mm -hmm. to Texas and get our clock cleaned, you know, because Texas right, was, oh right. gosh, really good. But we were flying back. And as we were flying back, the draft was that night. And started that night. And I'm on the plane. It's on our charter back. And Jeremy Sowers is playing spades with two or three guys over here off to my left. This guy's about to become a multimillionaire because <laughs> right. he's going to be a first-round draft pick. And he was – he's playing spades. He he's just told you would never have known. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, uh, I'd have gone over and tried to play him for a bit. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Just get a little <laughs> – yeah, I owe you, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 07, the David Price game versus Michigan. Oh, boy. That was something else. Well, I mean, that's the one that you, you, you you've got your ace. You think you're going to bring him in, and and you got a guy that's basic, basically not even hitting his weight, <laughs> right. you know. Yeah. But he got one fastball and he hit it. And uh, if you remember, after that, we almost won it in the bottom of the inning. Yep. That's we right. hit a ball all the way to the wall. If it had carried, you know, five more feet, we would have won the game anyway. But I, I think about those things. Like I'm, I'm sure David does not remember that was his last pitches of Vanderbilt. That's yeah. right. That was his last one. That's right. Jay Cutler's last pass as a Commodore was the one to Earl Bennett in 2005. Man. So you start going back to the, you know, those. what was the last shot somebody took? What was the last shot Shane Foster took in Memorial Gym? Yep. You know, so you, you go through all those. Have you thought about writing a book? I've been asked about that. Um, I don't – it would be it would be an interesting – it might have to be more than one book just because there are the, like, as Greg had said, there are the elements to it of life in television, life growing up to get into television, getting out of television, uh, the way the Vanderbilt job came. And then all the time that I had and the opportunities at Vanderbilt, I would, I would argue that, and with all great respect to people who are wonderful friends of mine, Charlie Mack and George Plaster and Paul Eels and West Durham and all that, I think I call it the golden age at Vanderbilt. You know, I, I call mm -hmm. I went to more bowl games than any of them. Did. <laughs> That's right. You, did. you know, I, I called national. In one year. <laughs> yeah. I could, almost. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. That's good, but it's terrible. Yeah. I called national championship. We went to NCAA tournaments. We did those kind of things. And so um, no, there's there's a lot of stories there, but that that 
it's been brought up, but I haven't. Well, Big Joe can put it in one book because he doesn't know a lot of big words. Well, that's what I would <laughs> so, The sentences will be shorter. shorter to the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the old joke, I need pop-ups, right? I yeah. need pop-ups <laughs> and pictures. Uh, thank you. I know it's been a ride the last couple of years, and I appreciate you opening up because there might be one person out there that hears that and, and gets help and, and I everything hope so. else. I, I hope, hope so. so. That's a big part of, of this. Yeah. I well, so. and I think I speak for me and a lot of people. Thank you. For just the way you've treated people, we you treated me professionally, oh, personally. Up. No, I'm serious. <laughs> I, give me a hug. Well, I mean, at, least, at least there's one Joe at this table I can say that to. Right? <laughs> He's been waiting on that one. My goodness. There you go. Thank you, brother. We'll be praying for you and thinking good things. For I you, appreciate it, my friend. Keep All right, with Greg Pogue, it's again another fantastic edition of the official Six One Five Podcast. Thank you for listening. 